Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for His glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxe's Church in Saxe, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here. EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk by Lifeway. Join host Marty Duran as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. Subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher or listen online at lifewaypastors.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Josh, and we're excited that you have joined another episode of EST. And as I just said, we are excited and thankful to lifeway.com slash pastors and uh, their encouragement to us in this episode and our other sponsors as well. Today, we're going to talk about something that's going to be a little bit unusual. But before we get to that topic, I want to say hi to Sam and Micah. How are you guys doing? In Jacksonville, Florida. And we'll be, as soon as we're done taping here, uh, heading to a denominational meeting where we will plot to take over the world. Awesome. From Jacksonville, Florida. I always thought the, you know, the Armageddon would start in Jacksonville, Florida, or somewhere in Florida. I thought that was going to happen. Man, it is. Listen, we win the bizarre award, and (laughs) there are crazy, freaky people in Florida, and I love every single one of them because I am part of them. So, yes, that's a beautiful. uh, We we are a bunch of weirdos here. Yeah, but I, I love it. I love everything about Florida. Bring it on, Mike. So, how are uh, you doing? Because I I had you muted before you said hello. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm not muted now. I'm good, man. Yeah, and I was going to tell our listeners that podcast with Marty Duran. Thanks for obviously for spo- uh, for sponsoring it. I was on there a few weeks ago. So go download the podcast yeah. and make sure you listen to my episode. We talked about how to help create a culture of uh, missions in the established church. Yeah. So fantastic. We love all the other podcasts, um, all of them equally. This is just uh, Jesus' favorite. So just making sure that everybody knows them. This this podcast is more lovely than the other ones. We have established that. <laughs> Two out of three, <laughs> lovely host. All right. So today we're talking about, uh, like I said, this is a little unusual. Typically we talk about the day-to-day of the pastor, but in most settings, in a lot of settings, seasons come to a close. And there are times at which God leads a pastor away from a church and into another setting, into another ministry. And so we want to kind of talk about this in two levels. What do you do? How do you leave a church? How do you leave a church well? Because as I've often said, you are as responsible for how you leave a church as you are for how you lead a church. And so you need to be very careful how you leave a church. And then if we have time, we're going to jump on this idea of what your first priority should be in the new church. And maybe we should also even kind of talk about the interim period. Is there certain things that you would suggest a pastor do? Now, obviously, in this setting, we're going to be talking from, I guess, an evangelical or a Baptist point of view. I know some of our friends in the Methodist and other denominations move different churches differently than we do. Um, We kind of, we're more like a a job, uh, you know, resumes and all that sort of stuff is involved. I got to confess, I know very little about how the Methodists move around. I know a little bit, but it's not an appointment. It's an appointment system. Yeah. They have an appointment system. Yeah, so that's different. That's going how they leave and how they what their first priorities and stuff will probably be a little different. But I'm sure we can we can apply. But the all principles of those. would still apply. That sure. you know, you still need to leave well. 
Now, the reason that we brought this up was because I had heard of a pastor, (laughs) and there's a lot of evidence involved. Um, Dude just went on vacation and didn't come back. And so, like, the way the church found out, most of the church found out was, you know, one of the elders stood up and says, well, as you all know, pastor so-and-so isn't coming back. And it was sort of like a midweek blog post or something. That let everybody know. Josh, I, Josh, I, it's a little awkward for you to be talking about Sam this way on the podcast. <laughs> Dude just went to Florida. No, Pastor Sam went to Florida. He didn't come back. <laughs> now, I got to confess, there's been times I've been on vacation and I thought, I'm not going back. I'm just going to sit right here, but, you know, duty calls. So, obviously, that's not the way you do it. That's, that's not the way you do it. Some of the elements that I want to kind of get your feedback on is, when do you tell the staff? or the other leadership structure? When should you make it a public thing? Uh, another story that I heard was a guy, a well-known guy, a well-known church here in the area, went off, preached in view of call, was voted. That church announced he's coming. He announced he's coming a week later. Never mind. I'm not going. I'm going to stay. And so what does that do to the psyche of the church? What does that do to your leadership? Um, I guess just weigh in on your thoughts. What's your gut reaction to that, Micah? Well, I mean, my gut reaction to that is pastors are often selfish and bad leaders. Mm. And, um, you know, what you've, what you've described is an example of selfishness and bad leadership. And um, so I, I would say first and foremost, I mean, I've left multiple churches um, and gone on to other positions. Each time it was, I, I've never left a church and wanted to leave mm. in the sense that I was looking for another position. I feel like the Lord opened up opportunities for us to go, and we wanted to walk through those uh, when we went to Lifeway, when I went to pastor from one church to another church. But I wasn't looking to leave. And so my philosophy about church is that church membership is is a covenant relationship, not that dissimilar from a marriage relationship. I mean, it's not the same. You're not getting a divorce when you leave a church, and there can be viable reasons to leave a church. But generally speaking, you join a church for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, and you're in a family relationship with those who are part of you know the, the church family. And if you leave, it should be very, very difficult to leave, and it should be at the top of your mind that you're going to do what you can do to set them up to succeed once you do leave. And uh, so when I hear stories like you just described, I think that's a pastor who's looking to go from one place to another and doesn't give evidence of loving the people he's leaving behind. Oh, and to be clear, the second story I shared where the guy, you know, view call, all that, and said, never mind, I'm staying, there were some extenuating circumstances. So if anybody puts that together with where I am and who that was, because he's well known, uh, I fully understand. (laughs) He was right in doing what he was doing. But it does bring up the question, like, how do you do this? Should you wait? Um, When, Sam... When should you tell let's let's assume it's a it's a fine setting you're in a place that you're not being ran off or anything like that when should you tell the other leadership and is there a difference in telling like the deacon elders if that's what you've got there and the staff should the secretary well, know immediately Before Sam answers let me say this all of that has changed in the last 5 years Oh really because of because of social media and web presence yeah. everything has changed in the last 5 years 10 years ago if you went in view of a call you didn't share with the church until after you preached in view of a call and the church had 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 extended a call to you mm. because it wasn't going to be all over that maybe 15 years ago it wasn't going to be all over the internet but all of that's radically different today mm-hmm. so sam now uh, sorry let me, i just thought that was interesting yeah, i mean micah, micah's right and when i made a transition um 
recently, not not to West Bradenton, but before that, um, it was like, don't, you know, I had to get in front of the church. Don't put anything on social media. Don't put this on Facebook. Don't put this on Twitter. I mean, and, and, and so Micah's right. I mean, it, it, social media has changed the dynamic a little bit. I still think when you're talking about telling staff or elders, um, you know, leaders in the church, you, you need to know. I mean, you, you've got your close friends. You've got people that are your confidants that you need to be sharing with all along the way. I mean, so aside from that inner circle of people that are your, you know, there for your accountability and for your edification, you're talking about, you know, telling the whole staff, you know, I, I would just be very careful to wait until, you know, you have some confirmation about you, you are in the process of leaving um, because it's so disruptive. I mean, it is, mm-hmm. I mean, the second that, that those words come out of your mouth, everyone's like, he's gone. Who's next? What's going on? What are we going to do? Who's the interim? I mean, so you just need to be wise in, in how quickly you tell people. I, I'm one to say it is probably better to wait a little later in the process rather than sooner. Now, you still need that you know, group of three, four, five people that you're, you're just doing life with, and they're helping you and confirming your decisions along the way. But yeah, as far as telling the whole staff, I, I, just, I, I would wait and, and, until you're you know, you never know until you get there, but, you know, mm-hmm. until you're pretty certain that you're leaving. Because otherwise, it, you know, you're, you're dead in the water. I mean, you're you're a lame duck sort of situation. Talk about lame duck president. I mean, at that point, no one's listening to your leadership, you know, That's right. <laughs> once they know that you're leaving. What about right. if you're being looked at? Let's say, um, you know, you're pastoring along and, and some other church starts. Would you talk to people about that? Like, I'm thinking about this. Is Only only my most trusted uh, people would mm-hmm. I would I would I even go there because it is so disruptive mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. things get out man people talk you know the, yeah. you talk about leaving a church a pastor leaving a church I mean people talk when members leave a church much less the pastor so yeah I, yeah, I would just be real careful about that hmm. very good very good so what else what other kind of advice would you give in that season though the kind of the the in between you think you're gonna go but it's not official yet is there any work you can be doing you know, some of the things I think about is like, should you be planning the next four or five months or should you just keep doing your job to the full extent? Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I would say this, you know, so you you know before anybody else, likely, you know, that you're called away. Cause, cause <laughs> you hope it's so. You. Yeah, it's you. Right. I mean, fired, if, if somebody has then, to tell you, you know, hey, you're being called away, that that's probably a problem. Yeah. Um. So you've been released. You know, we, we use that word. I don't know that I like it that much, but, you know, I guess the listeners know what I'm saying when I say that. Sure. You've been released. Enjoy the season. So whatever it is, you've got three months, six months, nine months, which are pretty normal timelines. No, you don't need to be planning out the next five years. You probably do need to be planning out the next three or four months, but – uh, just so that the next person can have an easy transition. But enjoy that season. So you've been released. Great. Love on the people. Go to the hospital. You know, go to the birthday parties. You know, forget the vision at that point because it's not your vision anymore anyway. Just love on the people and enjoy the time with them. I give that counsel a lot to guys who think that they're going to be in transition. I'm like, great. Just do everything that you love to do and just love on those people so that the next guy can come in with a happy church. They're like, we love our pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the advice I would give when you're in transition is, you know, that's where leadership really just becomes just a pure sort of, I'm just going to love on you guys is, is my last little bit here. Yeah, I would say there's a few things here. There's, um, 
One, I think we need to be cognizant that if there's a chance we're going to leave in the near future, um, don't invest your church into significant structural, physical, or institutional changes. Um, I, you know, I, and I, I've made a little bit of that mistake in the past, and I've certainly watched others make that, st- make, make that mistake. Don't enter into a capital campaign and then walk away halfway through it. Don't start a building project and then walk halfway through it. Don't start to do a constitutional change and then walk away before it's completed. That may mean that you have to say no to what you believe to be a very good opportunity. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, that. Yeah. I think, I think we have an obligation to the church that if we start to take them into this big, significant, you know, sh- um, future shifting moment in the life of the church and it's not completed, then I think part of our leadership responsibility is to probably say no to our own personal opportunities for the good of the church. Or, or if we anticipate that that's coming, then we just don't start them down that road. And uh, so I would say we go full bore. I mean, you're, you're giving it everything you've got. But if you have an anticipation that you're going to back away, then um, then be very, very careful about how you lead the church into significant moments. Mm, good word. Uh, we're going to transition here for uh, just a second. But before we do, I wanted to give a shout out to Haney Heath. He's following us on Twitter. He is the it's actually Ardmore, Alabama. I don't think it's real far from the Chattanooga area. It's kind of like on the the line there that uh, runs east and west uh, between, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, G- Georgia, all that area. So, yeah, Ardmore's close. Yeah. So Heath Haney is the Associate Pastor of Education and Missions there at Community Baptist Church in Ardmore. Appreciate him following us on Twitter. I want to encourage everybody, if they aren't yet, to follow us on Twitter at EST Church. So let's say it's happened. Um, God has released you. There's another church that's willing to put up with you and they're hiring you, and, and all of that kind of transition is happening. There's typically, it seems, from my observation, I've never done this. That's why I'm not really chiming in a whole lot here. But there seems to be, like, sometimes it's even a month, two months. The, the, the pastor will take vacation time and allow time for his family to transition. Do you have any advice on what uh, the pastor, the you know, the outgoing pastor coming into a new place, what they should be doing in that interim period? Uh, maybe some things they should be doing, they and their family, or maybe some things they should not be doing, maybe in relation to the church they just left. Yeah, so I think that's good on both counts. So with respect to the church that's left, this is a tricky one, and it's a tough one, because if you've done your job and you've done it well, you're going to have a lot of friends in the church you left. And um, you're going to want to stay in touch with them. You know, I do. I want to stay in touch with them. But for me, it, it's a conscious effort on my part as much as possible to not talk about the previous church, because inevitably I'm going to feel the need to give advice or they're going to ask me advice. And uh, that's it's easy for that advice to get back to the new pastor as if, well, you know, Micah, Micah thinks you ought to do X, Y, and Z. Now, I can try and keep from that happening, and still people may say stuff like that. But mm-hmm. But I would say very careful. Be very careful about that. I've had people from Previous churches ask me if I would do their wedding or if I'd come back. And, um, and now a funeral to me is a little bit of a different animal. If somebody asks me to do a funeral, I'm just going to probably go do it if I can fit it into the schedule. Uh, but if someone asks me to do a wedding, I'm generally going to call the, the, the new pastor and say, hey, do you mind if I do this? I, I can tell you I've been gone from Frederick Boulevard in St. Joe for five years now, um, right up almost five years 
And I wanted my, you know, that's my wife's hometown. Her family's there. We were back there a month or two ago, and I wanted to go to worship at the church. Um, it's been almost five years. The pastor who followed me has has left, and he's not there anymore. But still, I called the the older the the longest tenured staff member and one of the key laymen and the interim pastor at the church and said, hey, guys, is it okay if I come to worship this morning? And all three of them said, man, we would love to have you. And they let me come up and they, we, we got a chance to share in the service and it was great. But it's been almost five years and I still wanted to just make sure, hey, is it okay? I think we've got to recognize we're not normal people when we leave a church. We're not like a former member who's left the church. We're a little different than that. So I would say that um, at least with respect to leaving a church and actually leaving it. It's like cutting the apron strings when you get married. You know, you, you don't you don't go around constantly pining for mama's cooking. It's just not going to do so well for you. And uh, and constantly going back home and sleeping on mama's living room sofa, that's not going to do so well for you or them. Sam, he, uh, he talked about when the new church or when the previous church has a new pastor. What about in the interim when they don't have a pastor? Should How do you answer questions that get your way when – you're still kind of the last guy that sat in that seat. Yeah, you want to be careful. Um, so I would I would phrase it like this. You know, you don't want to ignore people. They're your friends. You shepherded them. Uh, so just leaving and not communicating with anyone, you know, because I keep, I keep up with several friends from old churches. If you leave well, like Mike, Mike said, you're going to have lots of friends. You're going to have people that, that want to stay in touch. That's fine, uh, particularly with Facebook. I mean, no, no problem with that at all. I would say this, though. You want to avoid influencing the direction and the decisions of the church after you leave. So you, you want to stop short of that. In, you know, you don't want to be putting into that in, influence. So you don't want to be shaping the direction of the church after you leave. So anything short of that, I think you're fine on, you know, loving on people, helping them out, giving them counseling. I mean, I've got people that call and say, hey, I need some professional advice. You know, you, you, you are a good friend to me. Uh, great. You know, glad to give you counsel, pastoral counsel. But I really don't want to be weighing into, you know, okay, here, here's what the church needs to do in the next two years. You you, you really want to stop short of that because you're not leading them anymore. You're, you're not called to lead them anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I would I would say that it would be to the next guy's detriment if um, – if you were to do that, so you do want to, you want to leave well, and you want to leave people in as good a mood as possible. Mm. Uh, you don't want a bunch of grumpy church members for the, for the next person either. Um, so you do want to love on them, but you don't want to be influencing the direction of the church. I got a call one time. I thought this was a really interesting approach to this problem. Uh, a pastor who's a friend of mine. He and I respect one another. We think similarly, and he left a church to go off and plant and, and, and do what he felt God was leading him to do. He left behind what he considered to be some pretty um, stellar staff. He really respected his staff. He liked his staff a lot. Well, they were struggling with some of the interim period and some decisions that were making. They didn't know how to lead. They aren't, you know, number one, and they aren't the number one seat there, so they didn't know what to do. So he actually called and asked if I would be available to offer them my opinions and and, you know, sort of my um, my leadership, my counsel as a pastor so that they had somebody that they trusted that they could talk to that would give them honest and fair advice. And I said, yeah, so long as you know, my opinion may differ from your opinion. I, I'm just going to – I don't know what you believe about all this stuff, and I'm not necessarily going to try to give them your advice. I'm just going to give them what – and so that was a way he still shepherded the staff, gave them somebody to talk to without being involved in it directly. And I think the the good thing that he did there was he just told the the staff, because he, uh, he copied me on the email. 
He pretty much just told them, I love you, I still want the best for you, but I can't listen to these complaints and advise you on these complaints and be in a good spot. So he kind of removed himself out of it and said, here's Josh, go talk to Josh. And Josh has agreed to it. So so basically, you just did, you did free consulting is what you did. Well, isn't that all I do is free consulting? <laughs> if I no, had that's a cooler last that's, name, I, think, I would charge I, everybody. You know, every situation is different, but the situation you described to me, there's a lot of wisdom in that. I thought um, yeah, the, the, the staff had a place to go. It wasn't the, the former pastor. Um, you set, you know, you kind of set yourself up as a bit of a as a bit of a consultant for a short period of time. Um, I've I've done consulting for churches in interims. I'm, I'm often I'm often get called when churches are interims because they ask the question, okay, who are we now? Um, so I, I think all all of that is is fine. Yeah, you just want to distance yourself from influencing the decisions and the directions of the church as as the former pastor. And I think any new pastor would appreciate that. Should should appreciate that. Yeah. So you've got a couple of weeks before you start at the new place, before you have to start preaching and, and showing up at the office. Is there anything in particular you and the family should be doing? Oh, dude, I, in a couple of weeks. I, everything is negotiable on the front end. If you're going to a new church, mm-hmm. I'd ask for a month. I'd ask for, hey, can you give me – can we start the payroll at whatever date? You know, Let's say you're coming October 1st. Can I start on the payroll September 1st and then give your family a whole month to, to transition? To, to do what? Thir- What's that? To do what? Oh, so you to, can write to move, sermons? To, or? Yeah, to, to think through things, to be with your family, to work through just where are we living now, assuming you're moving to a new town. Um, yeah, I've always asked for a whole month mm-hmm. of just transition time because it is, uh, you know, it's it's a bit jarring. And, you know, that month will go quickly. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I don't see any problem. I mean – you 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 stay there two three four five ten years. Everyone will long forget about the fact that you know you took a month. You took a month, and no nobody cares. Everything's negotiable on the front end. I would make the transition as easy as possible for your family because it is a big transition. And yeah, I, I've always asked for a month. That's that's what I do. Michael, what is the um, first priority in the new place? So you've left the place, you've taken a month to sit on the beach at Sam's house, and you just kind of bum with Sam for a while, and now you're in your new position. What, what's your first priority? First priority is to get to know staff and people, and that's going to depend on the size of your church to some degree. But um, I think I overestimated my need to walk in with strategy right off the bat and underestimated my need – this is in the past – underestimated my need to get to know everyone and be established with who they are. And um, and so you know, don't feel like – again, I think we sometimes feel like we've got to walk right in and start troubleshooting and fixing immediately. If you're going to be there for any length of time, you're going to have time to do that. And uh, to do that is also going to require relational capital. But you don't have any relational capital right now. You have some capital that people are extending to you that you've not earned because they're excited that you're their new pastor and they like some of the things you say and those sorts of things. But you don't have relational capital. You need to build up a pool of relational capital so when you go about starting to really lead towards change or transition or any of those sorts of things, people will trust you. So I'd say spend time getting to know the staff and people right off the bat. What about you, Sam? What's the top priority? I would agree with Micah. Um, love on the people. Get to know the people. It's tough to lead them if you don't know them. How do you do that? Is it just lunches or? Yeah. Oh, I when I you know I'm I'm always filling my calendar with breakfast appointments, particularly with the business people who work. 
mm-hmm. um, and lunch appointments. Um, so, it, yeah, I mean, I try to do two or three of those a week at least. Um, just it's just how you track the pulse of the church, and I try to shake it up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I'm blessed to live with within 25 minutes of Tropicana Field, so I'm often taking people to to baseball games. But that's just kind of my thing. You know, figure figure out something you like, figure out something you yeah. enjoy, like fishing or whatever it is, and and just bring church members along with you and just hang out. And you would be surprised what you learn about your church by just hanging out with people. That's, that's I would interesting. say. When did they start playing baseball at Tropicana Field? <laughs> uh, 1998 but you know i get josh i get josh's whatever point. Texas, they, they didn't man, whatever they didn't they didn't play last <laughs> week when they they weren't playing baseball there last week when the royals were in town but anyway that's a whole other issue um hey so i would say don't underestimate the power of meals um sam brought this up a second ago i do this religiously i now i don't generally do breakfast i did a breakfast meeting this morning but it's the rare exception uh but lunch my assistant told me the other day that I don't have an open lunch for like five weeks. I mean, we I schedule lunch almost, you know, I'm in the office Monday through Thursday. So I schedule lunch almost four days a week, every week for weeks on end. Because for one, everybody in your in your church has to, they've got to go eat lunch. I mean, they're going to almost basically everybody who works in the workplace is going to have a lunch break. Um, they've got to do it. I'm not a big fan of eating. So for me to turn eating times into functional work times, I love to do that. It it redeems that time, in my opinion. And it's the time when you can get people away from their workplace. Uh, and like what I'm doing today, I have a monthly meeting with our chairman of deacons. We do lunch once a month. So today I, he, he texted me and said, hey, what time and where? I said, how about if I go to Subway, I'll pick up sandwiches and I'll come to your office. Let's meet at your office today. So I'm going to have lunch with him. I'm going to grab Subway and we're going to go eat lunch at his office on his turf rather than have him come here. But I mean, I'm 10 months into my new pastorate and I'm still, I've been averaging probably three to four lunch meetings a week for 10 months now. Hmm. And my plan is to, I mean, I'm booked up now through the end of the summer just about. I mean, it's through middle at end of summer I'm already booked up and we'll keep doing that. And then I also meet in the afternoons. I I usually try and save mornings for sermon prep and meetings with staff. But from lunch on through the evening, uh, I'm meeting out. Uh, I mean, if you're not going to, if you don't like meetings, don't be a pastor. And I, you know, I know all these pastors say, you know, I don't like meetings and I try and get rid of meetings. I mean, try and slim meetings down. That's fine. Make sure your meetings are productive. Don't have meetings just to have meetings. All of that's true. But if you don't like meetings, don't be a pastor. To be a good me- pastor, you've got to be with people a lot, and that's going to yeah. require lots of meetings. Yeah, meetings are just people. So like people. That's exactly right. Forget the meeting, just like people. Hey, I'm interested to find out, you guys, your axiom, your one piece of advice with a, with a person who is considering leaving or just left a position or something like that. But before I ask you guys that and we hear from you guys on that, I want to uh, just give a shout out to our other show sponsor is um, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The mission at Southeastern Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina, and (laughs) offers more than 40 uh, different degree programs ranging from Associates of Divinity to Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the word diligently, and preach the gospel unashamedly. Uh, I didn't say that word right, but y'all know what I mean. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting sebts.edu and come check out their campus uh, to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how you can go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Where are you going? Southeastern will help you get there. Sam, what is your... I'll be there in nine days. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I love Southeastern. I'll be on campus in nine days for my next set of seminars. You know, that, and before I get... 
that's the cool thing about our sponsors is we're not just we're just we're not just telling you guys about southeastern or lifeway.com pastors or the csp we love those resources those tools we we all use them and participate in them and just big fans a huge fan i'm a student at southern but a massive fan of southeastern seminary of course danny aiken being a criswell graduate just puts it up there for me so (laughs) hey sam what's your axiom what's your one piece of advice for a person considering or have left you know i just say grace truth and love i mean leave with grace leave with truth leave with love um and then wherever you're going do do the same thing and i know that's like the churchy answer but you know i think a lot of people think of their transitions in terms of professional steps and i get that you know you 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 move into full-time ministry from bivocational ministry go to a larger church all you know all those are pretty normal transitions you know you get a better offer in a, your hometown or something like that but you know just just this is the bride of christ we're talking about you know this is the, this is the kingdom of god this this is you know the most important thing that's out there this is the vehicle by which god is going to you know bring salvation to the nation so the church is very important just leave with grace leave with truth leave with love and arrive in with the same tone and the same posture be a servant leader the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many just take that tone and whatever place you're at and wherever place you're leaving and and you should be you should be a better leader for it I think that's great advice, but that's the longest axiom I've ever heard in my life. I have a lot of words, and I'm <laughs> glad to share them. Because you're a preacher. Preachers have words. So, Micah, what's your axiom? What's your advice? Don't would Don't. be my axiom. And, and, and I mean that in, in, in all sincerity. Unless there's an absolute, you cannot get away from it, God is calling, or the church has somehow asked you to leave or something like that. Just don't. Don't have itchy feet. Don't float resumes. Mm. Don't keep resumes in circulation. Be faithful where you're at and trust that if God wants you to go somewhere, you're going to leave. That's been Tracy's and my philosophies from the first day of ministry. We don't float resumes. I don't keep a resume on hand. Um, I've moved two or three, four times in ministry, but every single time we've moved in ministry, the place where we've got, where we're we're going to has approached us rather than us Mm. floating resumes and scrambling around. Um, just be satisfied where you're at. Be content where you're at. Trust that when the Lord's ready, he's going to move you. And now that's not a universal rule. There are times when obviously you've got to put a resume out. I get that. But as a general rule, most of us don't need to keep resumes in circulation. Just don't leave unless you have to. Yeah, I think that's great. Now mine just comes from Mark Dever, preach and pray, love and stay. I know that God does lead people um, to new positions. and But generally, I think our mindset should be, as Sam and Micah have already said, is don't don't go looking. You you stay where you are until God moves you. And um, as long as you're preaching, praying, and loving, then um, you won't have a lot of time to worry about that that final part there. So preach, pray, love, and stay. Uh, that's the all for this episode. Thank you for listening. Rate, review, and uh, subscribe on iTunes. We look forward to talking with you next week. And always make sure that you're chiming in on Twitter with your suggestions, comments, and uh, show ideas. Thanks. We'll see you next week.